everyone. Welcome to the first post-game reaction show of the 2020 season. Uh, Greg Mahochko here with our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation podcast network. Nebraska v. Ohio State, the team that really, really, really wanted to play football in 2020 and the team that said, you know, we've got a shot at winning. We'll, we'll join the, the bandwagon too. And they square off in Columbus, Ohio, and it ended, dare I say, rather predictably. Uh, <laughs> I don't, John uh, uh, Johnston again is here. Um, let, real quick, I mean, let I don't even remember the final score. I know it was something to 17, 50-something to 17. 52 to 17. That was going to be my guess. Um, so let's just jump right into it, John. Uh, Nebraska, you know, we're, this is obviously it's not going to be like a possession-by-possession possession breakdown or anything like that. But uh, you had to be encouraged right out the gate. Nebraska won the toss, elected to receive the opening kickoff, and you know a few plays into it with uh, some some uh, creative usage of Luke McCaffrey. Uh, they marched down and scored right away. And I'm I'm jumping off the couch. My son, who's excited, he's shouting "Go Big Red, Go Big Red, Go Big Red" over and over. And I said, "Buddy, we're on defense now. Let's." You know, unless we're in the stadium, let's let's tone it down just a little bit. Um, but what were your thoughts after that initial Nebraska possession? Well, it was it was nice. I mean, it was they looked crisp. They looked like uh, they were executing. They didn't look nervous. They looked like uh, they were there to play football. Also, I'll start this by saying this: I remember last year's post game Ohio State. Uh, post-game reaction and I I walked out the front of my house with a voice recorder that I use and I started it with well that was a bucket of shit (laughs) and we didn't start this one we didn't start this one that way I mean there was there was a lot of good to take away from this game there was a lot of pretty shitty stuff too so and and what do you got that's good or you got questions for me well here's the thing and and it's not like this is a middle of the road Ohio State team. You know, it's not like we, you know, are are getting uh, you know, the dog crap kicked out of us by a, you know, a, a mediocre team. This is a team that I think, you know, as as we were sitting in most places had top 5 in the country, you know, and they have again championship uh hopes. And the the sentiment in the closing minutes of the game in the Slack chat room was I hope they, you know, destroy every team that they put play the rest of the year and they just you know they uh, it's unfortunate they started off uh the way we did uh you know very early on in the game that it it looked like it was going to have to be a shootout and quickly give or take you know uh ohio state uh exuded their force and and turned a, a shootout into a you know a shutdown uh for lack of a better term but as you mentioned, there were some positives to take away. Um, I thought for the majority of the game that the offensive line handled themselves uh, pretty admirably. They they played a lot to get better. I think our offensive line looked much better than they have in the past. You saw some high snaps in the second half, but uh, the offense, you know, came out, like I said earlier, and it was crisp right away to start the game. Uh, defensive line, you know, at one point, uh, Ohio State was averaging only 3.3 yards of rush, 
and they actually were trying to run the ball, which was kind of odd given that our defensive backs weren't within five yards of their receivers uh, when they were throwing the ball. I had no idea. Justin Fields finished 20 for 21. There was another quarterback that finished damn close to that, if not the same statistics uh, last night, Graham Mertz for Wisconsin. And Illinois had the same problem we did in which – well, I don't think Illinois bothered coming covering the re- Wisconsin receivers. <laughs> I'd have to say I wonder how the defense was called on behalf of Nebraska if they just tried keeping the receivers in front of them the whole game and knew they were going to give up yardage or what the hell was going on there. Because whenever they wanted to whenever Ohio State Justin Fields wanted to throw the ball, uh he could. You know, 20 of 21 is a lights out passing. The only drop in that entire game was the drop in the end zone uh, by Aleve when uh, he was hit by Cam Taylor Britt, maybe? Uh, DiCaprio Boodle. Yeah. Just, uh, who? DiCaprio Boodle. But DiCaprio Boodle, that was it, yeah. Uh, it's Adrian Martinez was 12 of 15 for 105 yards, which isn't bad either. You know, I know Martinez had the fumble. And then Luke McCaffrey had one too. So I, you know, for all the people who say toss Adrian, when are you going to toss Luke to you motherfuckers <laughs> and go with Logan Smothers? Because what you think that this is going to be perfect. We had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. We right. had the two turnovers. We had three fumbles, uh, two of them lost. Uh, we had, Three sacks for 21 yards, which I don't – did we have three sacks all year last year? Eh, whatever. And, and, they, and, and that was – There to, was to a lot point, of good I, – I wasn't trying to cut you off, uh, but I felt like, you know, one of perhaps Fields, um, you know, a, a season, you know, a knock on him at least in this game, was if, I looked like he held onto the ball, you know, too long at, at a few times. And maybe that was just, you know, the, the some good coverage downfield. But there were times – when you know you had a Jojo Doman shooting in, or you had some penetration from you know your uh, uh, linemen and your inside linebackers, you were able to. And, and this is like, look, this might be the best offensive line that Nebraska faces all year long. And I felt like they, you know, were able to get more. I thought they got more pressure on on Fields this year than they got on any quarterback at all last year. Yeah. They did. I, I'm going to go back to the offense. I, some things, Wandale Robinson had six receptions for 49 yards. You would kind of think that one of your top players would get more touches than that. Uh, I I don't know what the stats – I'm not going to do the math on what the stats were, but Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey pretty much I had all of the offense, yeah. pretty much all of it. And – they did a good job early of getting the tight ends involved, but after Stoll got injured and went out of the game, the tight ends completely disappeared from the offense. There, there was uh, we, that. Uh, we didn't see really. I, I was just going to say. I was just going to say there was that pass to uh, Austin Allen uh, when he was, uh, yeah. you know, running kind of not. He wasn't running a sweet pattern, but he, you know, did that crossing route, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, turned up field. But, but you're right, and and. We don't know the extent of Jack Stoll's injury. I thought, and and I think we're saying the same thing. There was just too much reliance on on the uh, ability of the quarterback to to you know like I don't know if that's a Scott Frost decision or 
or or if they felt the pressure, but I just felt like they you know they had them doing too much when you have you know a Dedrick a Dedrick Mills we saw Ronald Tompkins uh, we saw Ramir Johnson in the uh, special teams game uh, I I feel like there are a lot of weapons that maybe got underutilized and again maybe it's because you're going up against an Ohio State which you know is, is you know looking to make the case for themselves in the college football playoffs I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a we're gonna have to I obviously we'll be watching more Nebraska football later on, but I almost felt like at times they were treating this like somewhat of a scrimmage. I mean, they played well early. They didn't play well that well late, and they didn't the one of the troubling things I thought was they only scored three points in the second half. Yeah. Uh they didn't score in every quarter, they didn't score in the fourth quarter. That's kind of disappointing when they were doing really well. You know, I don't know. Had one good half, one really decent half, and then everything kind of went to shit. So where do you go from here? Well, we get Wisconsin next. We'll leave that for later. But we do have one big troubling problem that's going to drift over into next week. And that's that, uh, I don't know, maybe the fucking refs decided to throw all sorts of flags against us and not a goddamn thing against Ohio State. You know, I, I did an article like two years ago about Big Ten holding calls. And I know every team in the Big Ten complains that they don't get holding calls. They don't get holding calls. And the reason for that is because Big Ten refs don't call holding. But they certainly didn't have a problem with it today. And there's a lot of times when you're grabbing a guy and it's not holding. They're not going to call holding if the play, if the holding, that holding doesn't occur at the point of attack. But there were many plays in which they called us for holding, mm-hmm. but they didn't bother calling those same fucking penalties against Ohio State. So they start with a holding. They, they could have, they, it was an unevenly called play game. Well, okay. We ended up with eight penalties for 90 yards. They ended up with three. How many guys did we have tossed because of targeting? To Cam, uh, Cam Taylor, lost. Cam Taylor Britt, and uh, um, was it Markel Dismuke? No, it was uh, Deontay Williams. Deontay Williams, yeah. We, so we almost got as many people tossed for fucking targeting as they did get penalties called against them. Yeah, that part's bullshit. Especially when you saw clearly hits in that game that were close to the same as the hits our defensive backs made, and there were no flags thrown. And so, you know, it's just, if this is going to be a problem with the Big Ten, like it was when the last fucking year we played in the Big 12 and it was clear the Big 12 wanted to teach us a lesson, i.e. the Texas A&M game, which we had 83 fucking penalties that were bullshit thrown against us. And, you know, I, I don't, I know that you can appeal to the Big Ten to get the targeting penalties overturned. Does anybody listening to this podcast have any faith that a Big Ten office run by Kevin Warren is going to give us a fair shake when they look at these fucking penalties, because I don't. That guy, he can go away. If you want credibility from us, and I realize a lot of other people are going to have fun with us about this shit, but they can go fuck themselves too when Ohio State runs over them and they start whining about it themselves. Or maybe the rest of the Big Ten is just used to being fucked by this kind of shit. Might, so, might be a little bit of that as well. Um, yeah, and and I'll the uh, uh, one for uh, Deontay Williams is, is a hill I'd die on because 
he had he was fought he was I mean, they they used the word launch. I don't know. I feel like he was falling down. His back was what made contact with the the guy's chest, and somehow that's targeting. There was no helmet contact at all. Uh, and on Cam Taylor Britt, I just feel like that was a a, a mental error on him, a frustration because his arms right. were at his side, and he just ducked his head down to try to. Uh, um, Try to uh, you know just make some contact. Well, go go blow it. Go see mom. She's awake. Allergy season I, in the house. Sorry, folks. If you've watched any college football before the Big Ten started this weekend, you've seen officiating that has been god awful, terrible. Last night, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin. You saw Illinois called for a false start when three Wisconsin players jumped offside like a long ways offside. Mm -hmm. And then the Illinois people moved. It was God unbelievably crappy officiating in that game too. So you're going to, it's not a good year for this. They they haven't been able to go to practices, the officials like they normally do and get like a warm up, like they would also, but that's not the problem. The problem wasn't shitty officiating. The problem was one-sided shitty officiating. And that's what bothers me. And I don't like blaming officials for games. And they we they certainly did not cost us this game. We had a lot of self-inflicted stuff that went on. But, again, ugh, you know, the targeting calls. Screw you guys. Yeah. And going back to the holding calls, um, I can't remember who it was. And it's an old quote from, from you know, probably several years back. But – you know, there was an offensive or defensive, you know, lineman at some point who I think played for Nebraska. And it was either on, you know, one of Coronation's podcasts of long ago or maybe the Big Red Cobcast or something like that who made the comment of, look, if you look close enough on every snap, you're going to find holding. <laughs> it's just on right. whether or not they, they decide they want to throw the flag, blow the whistle or not. So. But, well, uh, like I said earlier, when there, when when the holding occurs, the point of attack in a play, you kind of ha- you pretty much have to call those holding calls, and and they made you know they, there was a couple plays against Nebraska in which we clearly should have been called for holding, but those same fucking plays occurred against Ohio State, and there's nothing again, uneven application of whatever you want to throw for penalty flags. So, I I will say. You know, while we're talking about holding, I feel like, and, and maybe I, I mentioned this or, or, or you know, touched on this earlier, talking about the offensive line or the defensive line and the linebackers getting some pressure. But I feel like our defensive line for, I mean, you have Ben Stilley who's moved around and done a few things, you know, outside linebacker and things like that. But he's really, you know, worked hard to to uh, land a firm you know, starting spot on, on the uh, defensive line. And you've got uh, Damian Daniels and uh, we just talked about this a couple nights ago on the five hour podcast, but uh, I blanket statement. I thought the defensive line played really well. Uh, again, going up against uh, the Hosses, uh, you know, no disrespect to uh, our beloved Hoss Reuter, uh, but going up to, you know, the, uh, the guys who are likely to be playing on Sundays in a few years at Ohio state and, by golly, those announcers just loved reminding us about all the NFL players uh, that roll through Columbus. And, and oh, you a lot, a lot of these guys, they'll be playing. Uh, you know, you'll be hearing those names on Sundays. Well, you can say that at damn near every school, you know. <laughs> so let's, let's. I bet, 
go ahead. I was just going to say, let's, uh, I, my, my, going back to my point, I was pleased, uh, if not surprised by how well the defensive line play for, for a unit that is fairly, you know, new as far as playing together, because we mentioned, uh, on the last podcast or on the last five heart podcast, you don't have a Darian Daniels or the Davis twins. So you had guys who sure they've seen the field and, and they've, they've played before, but, uh, I thought that they played fairly consistently today. Well, they they played really well, considering ninety percent of Nebraska fans couldn't name any of them. <laughs> and I was I was concerned when Ben Steely went down. I was glad that he was able to get back up and, and get back in the game. So um, we we Ian Jurgens went out for a bit and he came back. And uh, which was good in the post game talk. And I'm getting this as a retweet from Aaron Sorensen, uh, who everybody loves dearly. Uh, and she was retweeting Jacob Padilla, uh, who quotes Scott Frost in the post game interview, saying that he uh, didn't have an update on Jack Stoll, said he hadn't heard anything yet. Um, I don't know, I don't think that's a, a ligament thing, but that might be you know, like a kneecap or something. I mean, the way that that uh, yeah. he got he got hit. So uh, obviously, uh, not just him, but uh, let's you know uh, for for the Ohio State kid who got his bell rung a little bit. Uh, you know, we, uh, I don't care what colors, you know, what what team they play for. I don't like anybody getting injured. So, um, you know, Buckeyes coach Ryan Day apparently apologized to Nebraska and Scott Frost for not taking a knee at the end of the game. <laughs> I guess, you know, people get bugged out or they get bothered by that running up the score stuff, and that was an unnecessary TD. I look at it and go, you know, if you don't want him to score that much, keep him out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't bother me in the least. He said he had a younger quarterback on the field but should have taken a knee. Bullshit, you should have scored because you got a younger quarterback on the field. Yeah. If we can't keep you from scoring, then screw us. Yeah, we don't need your pity we need, apology. We we have Dedrick Mills. I think Tompkins toward the end of the game, or you know, he had four carries for twenty two yards. What, I like the look. What was Mills like? Line? Had, what was Mills' I had that 10 line? Ten carries, thirty three yards, so okay. three point three carry. I, that I think being there were times though, that he looked good, and then times where he just he looked like he was a little slow. Uh, you had two tight ends, Austin Allen, Jack Stoll, with four catches for 54 yards, which was nice. But then you really just uh, – you had Wandell Robinson as a receiver and pretty much the rest of the receiving core. You had, you know, six or seven guys and not really much there. No. So I don't know if they purposely didn't throw the ball down the field or if they just uh, – Martinez didn't want to throw the ball down the field because of a mistake possibly. But there was not a lot of uh, – there was n- not a lot of explosive plays. Well, right. except for Luke McCaffrey right. and Adrian Martinez taking off on runs. So, so. Here, here's the thing, and I'm not, I'm not questioning anybody's ability because I'm almost 40 and, and – I don't have any. So, but as far as elite next level type of size and stature, you you don't have that in a Nebraska corner quarterback right now. Corner? Cor- quarter. quarter. Sorry. Quarterback. Play caller, signal caller. I mean, Martinez isn't I mean, When was the last time honestly that Nebraska had a uh prototypical quarterback? Have they ever had a prototypical quarterback? And don't say Tanner Lee. 
I'll reach through and smack the shit out of you. You mean like a drop back passer guy? Well, just somebody who you're like, oh, well, there's a quarterback who looks like he could play next year or, or uh, at the next level. Vince Ferragamo. Okay. <laughs> 30 years ago. Brooke Behringer. Yeah. You know? uh, well, yeah, that's true. Um, but not in, certainly not in the last 20 years, not in the last 10 years. And, and, and it's, that's the part I think because Nebraska fans love the option and want to see the option. And we always lament and, and joke about run the damn ball guy, but not having a next level passer will continue to be our downfall. Because we can have, we can have a, 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 don't look at me like that. Let me finish my thought. Yes, I'm going to. <laughs> we can have a room full of terrific receivers, but what good is it if you don't have anybody who can throw them the ball? Like Tommy Our quarterbacks, Ar- one of them was 12 of 15, the other one was four for five. The problem wasn't getting a ball there. I mean, the, yeah, I think well, yeah, but Martin, they were, they were what, 10, 10 yard passes or less, right? We don't, yeah. we don't. We don't have any big, big arm. Yeah, I, I think our our last big pass play was Ron Kellogg the third to Jordan Westerkamp, the hail mary that beat Northwestern how many years ago? We just don't have. We haven't for. It's not. It's not our history. It's not our. Um, but we're never going to be anything more than we are until we have someone who can step up in the pocket and and make that type of throw that, you know, consistently that'll get you 25 to 35 yards. I am looking at you this way again. <laughs> this is old man evil eye. That's what this is. All right. John. I think we have two quarterbacks that are very capable and very dynamic and good players, and they can make those 20-yard throws. They just didn't do that in this game. And number two, you got to have guys that are going to get open down the field. True. And we didn't see a lot of that today. But damn it, John, if I don't say something controversial, then nobody's going to give a shit, and they're going to stop listening. So I'm going to be the bad cop, and you can be the good cop. I mean, we missed. It would have been nice to see Omar Manning on the field. And, Do you think you he know, plays that was next the guy week? Everybody heard about off off season. What? Do you think he plays next week? Do you think he's back? Well, God, let's hope so, because yeah. uh, you know I don't. If you watched Wisconsin Friday night, you saw a team dismantle a really an Illinois team that didn't even look like they wanted to play football. They did lack but, will. Uh, other than Brandon Peters, other than Brandon Peters, I thought who had some good runs and played decently, uh, you saw a Illinois team that didn't even bother covering receivers. So that's one of the reasons why Graham Mertz had such a great game. But they also Wisconsin did not. The one thing I learned about Wisconsin, they don't have a running back with breakaway speed. They have Nakia Watson or Nikia Watson, Nakia Watson, and he looks exce- very good with regards to strength. He's going to get five yards every time he touches the ball. But I don't think Wisconsin's a world beater. But we really need to uh, find more offensive playmakers than just Luke and just Adrian and maybe Wandale. And I, I think they're there. I just think today was pretty a pretty tough day. Is it just because first, real first competition in 47 weeks or the fact that that competition was Ohio State? Uh, or, I mean, the, you know, as you, you – Well, the competition was Ohio State and the officiating crew. 
See, I'm I mean, trying not to, to throw the... I no, know. Don't get me wrong. I, listen, don't get me wrong. I, I agree I don't with like, you. I don't like complaining about officiating, but I'll say it again. It was not It was not evenly applied. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even fucking close. And that's, and that's the problem. And that's not the, the problem that, I, that they don't call holding. It's that they call holding on one side and not the other. And what? Were they afraid that the massive, huge crowd from the Buckeyes was going <laughs> to lynch them after the game? What was it? it was, the that's the problem. would haunt their dreams if they made calls against Ohio State. It, and you may remember this uh, a little clearer than me, although it is pro football, which I know you don't follow. But years ago, uh, I think it was maybe the old Cleveland Browns before they came, you know, uh, before they moved to Baltimore. It might not be that old. It might be the newer Cleveland Browns. Um, but like where the officials were having. They, batteries and drinks and things like that thrown at them as they're running off the field into the tunnel. Um, so it, it things like that, you have to be concerned. Things like that do happen in Ohio. Ohio is a garbage state. Yeah, did, those cutout people in the stands have massive arms. <laughs> they I mean, could have held it. I don't know. They might, maybe they were th- going to throw frozen brownies at them or something. <laughs> Here's the thing. If they if those cutouts uh, in the stands have massive arms and if they're you know 6'3 and 220, I'd like to see them under center for Nebraska, I'm just saying. <sighs> what else <laughs> we got for this game? Uh, uh, I don't think we have anything else, honestly. Um, I... It's the same stuff that continues to frustrate Husker fans, I think, and that is, uh, you know, when you when you're in, you know, third and long situations, and you're going to run a screen or a draw uh, rather than take a shot downfield, especially if you're already down by a, a fair chunk. What's, you know, what what's the worst thing that can happen? Or uh, when you're on defense and the other team's looking at second and five or third and six or something like that, and your cornerbacks are going to play ten yards off the line of scrimmage. Um, it's this, but it's not just Husker fans. Every fan that sees their team doing these incompetent things, uh, it, it, it we just make uh, scratch our head. My thing is on third and one, fourth and one today, when you knew that Justin Fields was going to run a, a QB sneak, there was no reinforcement on the line to help. And and you know a QB sneak for three yards, come on. Yeah. I guess there's only two things I'll add. Number one, we saw them line up in the eye. We saw them line up in the eye with a fullback. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a designated fullback position, but a guy acting as a fullback. And they did run some trouble option type stuff. So that was kind of interesting. And then secondly, uh, I know I bitched a lot about the un- un- the not level officiating. This, if this is just one game in which it happens, that's one thing. But if it, if we go into next week and we get the same fucking shit, and the week after that against Northwestern, and the week after that against Payne State, and we get the same lopsided fucking crap, we really kind of have a problem to yeah, deal with. But at the same time, while we believe that, and you know, while I mean, I'm not, you know, there's no mandate coming down from from corporate from big 10 corporate saying put the screws to nebraska uh we're not allowed to bitch about that because we fought so hard just to have football you know so all the other not that we necessarily care what all the other fan bases think but they're like oh you asked for this well we asked to play football we didn't ask to be bent over you know type of thing so um you know i didn't i didn't get a lot of shit from other fans which i was kind of surprised by i you know i see that uh 
uh, our Minnesota side has taken some shots at Nebraska. And of course the Indiana guys are, which is kind of weird because it it's Indiana. Why do they care? They, but, they uh, shouldn't, they, they have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be it for this Yay. first, uh, oh, or post game reaction show on coordination. Uh, next week we'll have other people maybe. Uh, and also don't forget, you can contribute uh, your own thoughts to the post-game show, and you can do so uh, via our Google voicemail function. And I'm going to get that phone number for you right now because I don't have it set to memory because I have a million other things going on in, in life. So the phone number, if you ever want to call in to uh, the Five Heart Podcast or to the Coronation Reaction Show. The phone number is such, 402-327-1830. Save it in your phones. Call us, tell us what you think. If you uh, get your thoughts in on this game between now and uh, Friday when the Five Heart Podcast drops, we'll throw them in there. Use your voice. Uh, it's not just the slogan around election time. We we say year-round here on Coronation. He is John Johnston. I'm Greg Mahochko. This one was an L. Next week, we play UW. We're going to get the W. Take it away from them, sons of bitches. Probably yeah. all logged up with beard, fat, and lazy. Anyways. Cheese curds and bratwurst. Yeah. All right. Uh, go, go Big, big red. red.